10-5, touchdown, Arkansas State. Culver is safe. The Red Wolves have walked it off. Amir, coast to coast, lays it home with the right hand, and he's fouled. Welcome to the Second to None podcast, the A-State podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Now, here's a couple of guys who know the Red Wolves like no one else, Matt Stoltz and Brad Bobo. And we welcome you in for the final time in 2021 to the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. Everybody has their own little year-end show, it seems. Everybody wraps up the year this week and looks back at all the best stuff that happened. So I guess that's what we're going to do, too. That's right. Talk about every big, well, not every. We'll hit the you know, the top headlines, if you will, outside of the obvious one, which was the start of this podcast. That is an undisputed number one <laughs> event of 2021. But uh, yeah, I just kind of look back at the year that was, and it was, number one, a significant year for many reasons that will run down throughout the course of this podcast. But we will look back at the most significant moments in 2021 for a state athletics and i think the best way to kind of start it off is by looking back at the teams that accomplished the most the conference championships and we did have some in Mm -hmm. 2021 and i think you have to start anymore with coach patchell and that track and field program they won six yeah. Conference titles in that building. They had six opportunities and they won <laughs> yeah. all six, sweeping the indoor championships, both men and women, sweeping the outdoor championships. And then in the fall, they swept the cross country championships. And that was the first time I believe the men had won. Yeah, which is hard to believe. I'll say it's number one, what they've done is phenomenal and what's. Uh, best to see it headed up by an alum and uh, Dr. Coach, Mr. Jim Patchell. To see what they're doing there is is great. And I know, like, no pun intended because of the sport, but this dude will never stop and take a victory lap. It's always go, 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 because, you know, he thinks that, you know, that track and field program should just steady be in the top 25. And you shouldn't just get a couple of people in a couple of events to the national meet you should get there you get enough to go score and have you know have your team finish with points in the national meet enough to play so they're continuing to just kind of go push and you know the, the the setup they have over there with coach patchell kind of over the whole thing but he's almost got coaching staff a little bit like football in the sense everybody's kind of got their specialty and uh you know it's clicking over there as you said six titles in six uh, opportunities now i'll say this it is worth reminding folks this because a lot of times the cynical among us will look at let's say the boobus cup points for the end of the year and go my gosh boy thank goodness for track they scored all the points well they're also like 40 percent of the sports right so even Mm -hmm. if if, even if they were just pulling their weight which they're doing well more than but even they were just pulling their weight 40 percent of those points should come from that building now they're going above and beyond but they represent six of Arkansas State's 16 sports. And they continue to dominate in everything they do, and certainly a banner year in 
2021, and they're not slowing down. Should be a big season in 2022 as well. When you look at conference championships, you don't stop with track and field and cross country, but it was a big year once again for the soccer team. And uh, congratulations to that bunch. I know here in the last couple of weeks, we had Cooper Cowan on the show, had a great visit with her, but that's a program that just from the time we've been around, and it's still a a relatively young program at A-State, it went from being an afterthought to being a really good program in a, a pretty short amount of time. Since we've had Coach Dooley and that staff here at Arkansas State, they've done some big things, and now back-to-back regular season championships. Well, you're seeing that transition from soccer having the occasional good team to soccer being a good program, and those are two different things. A-State soccer, along the way, has popped up and had some good teams, but now you know, Coach Dooley's turned that into a championship program, back-to-back titles, the players he's recruiting in here, and this isn't a deal where like they won the title because a couple of kids took their COVID senior year. That was a huge help, but there was a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of young talent behind those kids, and that soccer team's not going anywhere. They're going to continue to compete for and, and win conference titles. Coach Mike Hagan and the men's golf team continue to do big things, and – we saw a national ranking. Even though they didn't win the Sunbelt Conference tournament, they were good enough during the course of the regular season to qualify for the regionals. Same thing. That's not a good team. It's now it's a good program. And you, you have to lay the groundwork to be viewed as a good enough program to do those sorts of things. They're not looking for reasons to let Sunbelt teams into NCAA championships as at-large bids in any sport. They're looking for reasons not to. If we're being honest. And so to see what they continue to do, same thing. Some COVID seniors took, they ran it back with some really, really good players, but they've got good players in there too. Mike Hagan, like, I think he he's a little uncomfortable even talking about it, but this dude literally is a Hall of Famer. Literally yeah. is a college golf coaching Hall of Famer. And uh, he's a young guy. And I'd be lying if I told you, I thought uh, he would be here as long as he's been here, but I'm thrilled to be wrong about that and can't wait to see what they keep doing. The A-State bowling team is a very good program and has been for a long time and another trip to the NCAA tournament this past year. And it was the second time they finished as the national runner-up. So, Right there once again on the cusp of a national championship, but fell just short. It literally, uh, there is no exaggeration. That is a program that has done everything you can do except win the national title. And it's coming. There's just no doubt that it's going to fall A-State's way. Uh, Justin Kostick has just stayed here and just continued to build and take the program up another level and bring in, you know, really, in some cases – you know, some of the top college players, not just of the year, but of decades. I mean, they've had some great, great players in here. And if we're going to talk bowling for just a second and obviously celebrate what Coach Kostick and that team did, but I always want to remind you, you got to go back to Chris James, who let's just kind of be realistic. A-State was at a, is in a position a couple of decades back, whatever it was, that they needed to add another women's sport 
to get the scholarship numbers balanced. The last three they sort of looked at, softball, bowling, and equestrian. Bowling being the cheapest one to do, I'm not telling you it's the only reason they picked it, but it's sure factored in. Chris James comes in. He's a local guy. He's working at, the, at Jonesboro Bowling Center, which is hijinks now. He's a manager over there. He gets hired as the coach, and realistically, for the first little while, whatever that little while meant, all he had to do is field a team. And he never, ever, from day one of that program, was content to just field a team. So they got real good, real fast, when there weren't that many teams filled in bowling programs. And after the second or third year of the program, they go to the NCAA tournament, and the first time they're in it, they make it to the championship match. And they haven't missed the NCAA tournament since. A lot of other big moments throughout the course of 2021 that we want to talk about, and we'll do that next here on the Second to None podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. The Simmons Bank Card Alerts app lets you get more from your Simmons debit and credit cards. Set transaction alerts to be notified of certain card activity and choose how you receive each alert. You can suspend your card, set a spend limit, or decline specific transaction types. You can even manage multiple cards. So get more control, more convenience, and more peace of mind with your Simmons Bank debit and credit cards. Learn more at SimmonsBank.com forward slash debit card. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. When you look back at 2021, so many big moments, so many significant moments in A-State athletics. And I think back on last year's baseball season and I think about just the slow start and I think a lot of our fans were alarmed with the way the season started they were 0-7 out of the gate but I think you and I had the conversation throughout the course of the year and we had this conversation multiple times I can't remember a team improving from the start of the season to the end of the season as much as that team did. And it got to the point where uh, they were right there competing for you know one of the top couple of seeds in the Western Division. They ended up going to the conference tournament. They won a game in the ninth inning. Skyler Culver with a, a bases clearing double to win a conference tournament game. That was a really cool moment. But I saw significant improvement from Tommy Raffo's team. And then after the season ended, there was a really big hire for his staff. Now, we go back to the improvement. Uh, Again, in the interest of fairness, let's talk about where that improvement came from. It came from as bad a start as you could humanly imagine. Things you didn't think you could ever see in a Division I college baseball game. With some of the the, the, the runs given up, the walks especially, and uh, our colleague Will Oswald, who gets the, you know called upon to, to handle some early season baseball games, we gave him some stinkers. <laughs> <laughs> he called <laughs> one at Abilene Christian. I think there were twenty something walks in that game, and I remember calling one a, a few years ago that was similar to that, where there were thirty combined walks in a home game that we played against Coastal Carolina, and those are no fun. But we were seeing a lot of walks, a lot of runs given up early in the season, and we knew that that team had to make some significant improvements, and they did. Yeah, both over the course of the season, as you said, and then after. But let's while we're talking about this baseball season, let's go back and remember all the things. We saw, uh, and I'm, I'm scrolling through to remind myself here, we saw a game canceled on account of fog. 
which you don't see. In a time where UT Martin had to take the long way to get here because a barge had hit a bri- had hit the Mississippi River Bridge where they were going to cross. Oh my gosh! So you I saw, we saw that. fog delays, barge delays. Uh, just all well, the first the- series of the season got canceled because of snow. But yeah, generational snow. And then the, how I go back because you and I we got a great kick out of and so I, since we're looking at back at 2021, I to go back to that Friday night game at Abilene Christian because we love the the game story for that one mm-hmm. and we decided that you know if you're out there ever if you're listening to this podcast and and you're ever going to run for political office, stop what you're doing right now. Go to the Mountain West, call up the Mountain West Conference office and hire Maya Garrett (laughs) to run your campaign today. Because this is the most optimistic person you're ever going to come across. A-State baseball falls to Abilene Christian on March 5th, but here's the, the lead paragraph. Despite getting two runs back in the ninth, the Arkansas State baseball team wasn't able to pick up momentum as it dropped a 26-3 to contest <laughs> to Abilene Christian. So in other words, Abilene Christian did a great job of snuffing out a ninth-inning rally en route to a 26-3 yeah. win. Hanging on. Well, and look, we laugh because blowouts are part of baseball. Yes. But you're right. That was a really, really optimistic <laughs> start to that story and now, um, you've tried twice to lead me into what's happened since the improvement continuing into the offseason. that's right a new pitching coach was hired at the end of the season in alan dunn the former lsu pitching coach i, I mean just kind of worked out because you start looking at what's going on you know lsu as a baseball coach retires so by the time you're lsu and you're going to spend the money you're going to spend hiring a head coach they're going to just have their own people in every spot really regardless of who's there if you're getting an sec head baseball job you got a pitching coach that you're bringing with you that's just the the fact of the matter and so you know here's coach dunn out there and you know available and and he and tommy raffo get hooked up and uh, yeah, and I've had a chance to talk with Coach Dunn, too, and just uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. You know, I, I've talked, and you have, too, but, you know, people, former players who are still around to see it, like a Todd Baumgartner, but from like a Tyler Zuber, who comes in the offseason and still works out over there. Heck, he'd work some with Alan Dunn, and he he's jealous. I mean, he's telling me, he, he's, you know, he's he's envious of these guys right now for, for getting to work with a guy like Coach Dunn every day says a lot so looking forward to seeing what happens in 2022 with this a-state baseball program and as long as we're talking about baseball and significant moments from last year one of the most significant moments of 2021 happened in Fayetteville when a-state played a historic matchup against Arkansas who was ranked number one at the time, you and I both made the trip over there, and we finally got to see A-State and Arkansas play each other. What I'll remember about that night is, is just the fact that it happened, finally. Mm-hmm. It was a very competitive game, and there were a whole lot of Red Wolves that and Red Wolves fans that made the trip up there. Yeah, I'm, all those things, uh, just still the, just the overall oddity of uh, the feeling that comes with thinking about where you are and what you're doing there. And, you know, they still weren't 100% capacity at that point, I don't think. So, I mean, the crowd wasn't as big as it could have been. 
Yeah. Uh, but it was really close, though. It was yeah. a good size crowd. Yeah, it was real. Yeah, it was really cool. Just a great, and the vibe was like the, the vibe was just exactly what it ought to be. They were there, chilling, cheering for their team. Really, no snarkiness, no ugliness. Just a fun night of baseball. And out of all of that, you know, we joked. You, we did a three and a half hour pregame show. We did <laughs> for a, for a game that wasn't that long. Just because I did my show there, and then we went you went straight into your you, with a thirty minute pregame to just kind of keep it going. We had a ton of guests, and it was a fun day. But out of all of that, it's seeing it and knowing where we are and seeing what we're doing. The thing that the most simplest little expression that made me do a double take is as we're leaving that press box for the last time that night. Two young guys working in sports information. I don't know who they were. Doesn't matter. And they weren't even thinking anything about it because they just trying to say, hey, you guys be careful. See you next year. And of everything that happened, that them <laughs> saying see you next year is the thing that kind of almost froze me in my tracks. And they're right because they will see us That's in right. 2022. That game is actually a couple of games that are scheduled in Fayetteville for baseball season. And – of course, you saw it during women's basketball as well with Arkansas making the trip to Jonesboro to take on and, A-State and a good time to transition to women's basketball. But even to mention, too, um, just real quick, you know, their their soccer team came over here for a spring match, too. They were, those were teams that had each other scheduled way back last fall. They had a soccer match scheduled that COVID messed with, so it, it's just it's getting more normal where it's you don't it's not stop the presses every time you see this come across as far as women's basketball goes i think the most significant events that happened in 2021 really happened in the last few weeks of the year that being with matt daniel unexpectedly stepping down as head coach of the program and destiny rogers taking over as the interim head coach and so far so good with her three and oh under coach rogers yeah and if you looked at those schedule more times than not again you look at the the a-state women's basketball program historically you say probably ought to go three and oh in the game she's went three and oh in now the difference is you know the last one especially is that you know they're down 15 on the road and and come back up in Edwardsville and get, and get them a win. So, you know, are they going undefeated the rest of the year? No. I don't think so. It'd be awesome if they did, but uh, it's been fun to to watch what's happened in the first little while and and uh, to see what's going to happen with them as some up play gets here. When you look at men's basketball, I think back at the end of last year and just the way – we saw this team show some signs of life that we hadn't seen in a few years. There was a four-game win streak there late in the year that was extremely encouraging and ended up winning a conference tournament game against Georgia Southern. You play a really close game against Georgia State in which you fall just short, a Georgia State team that's been at the top of the league for a number of years now. So that was a really encouraging way to end the season. And then the other thing that you're going to remember is the emergence of Norshad O'Meara. And you look back at what he did last season 
He's off to an amazing start this year. And when you talk about this season's team, they're now 9-3 and three going into conference play. Just the fourth time since A-State joined the Sun Belt back in the early 90s that A-State has won nine non-conference games or more. So this is a really good start, and I'm really excited about where this team might be heading in conference play. And, and I guess if you're looking for another storyline, it's the addition of Desi Sis. Yeah, let me go back to Norshad real quick because it's a kid that you saw the video game numbers on paper when they signed this kid out of Miami Prep. And I think everybody – look, Mike Bellotto was the same as the rest of us. When you're getting reports, you know, and obviously he knew the coach at Miami Prep and he's saying I've got this kid and he's averaging 26 and 20. You know, I think even Mike Bellotto went and said, yeah, but against who? So he went – what he do? He went and watched North Shadow Mirror play, not just play, but play against IMG, which I think at the time, you know, Kenyon Martin Jr. was playing for. Yeah. And so he just statted himself, and North Shad had like 40 and 16 in that game. You know, that gave you reason for hope, but still you're like, well, this kid's not coming to this level and just doing that. Well, he kind of did. And, and that you know, that 12 and 12 that you say, you know, the fourth freshman to do that, the other three have combined to play 2,400 games in the NBA, including one of them was number one pick of the draft. All hung around the league at least a decade or still playing. Paul Millsap's case. So it's pretty exclusive company. And uh, it's been fun to watch that emergence. And then you said the other story, you know, from the offseason is knowing that COVID was going to give you this team back and Marquise Eaton decided to run it back. And uh, which, you know, Coach Bellotto gave Marquise a lot of help. In fact, he hooked him up with NBA guys whose opinion he trusted. He had them work Marquise out and said, look, you know, you need to work on X, Y, and Z to be ready if you're going to be a pro after another year. And Marquise came back. And then you said adding Desi Seals was a big story from the standpoint, kind of twofold. Number one, it's going to be a big story if a kid transfers in from Arkansas, even if it wasn't local, but to do it and to be another Jonesboro high school product where he and Marquise combined to go in that 32 and OJHS team to win a state title, uh, made for a nice story in theory that has translated into a good story on the court. Another sport we want to go back and look at as far as what happened in 2021 is the football team. And you're, you're going to remember this season as the first under coach Jones, People will look back and see 2-10, and ten, but when you look a little bit deeper than that, you see Coach Jones putting his footprints on this program. And we talked about the baseball team and the strides they made during their season. The defensive improvements that we saw from the first half of the season to the second half, I think is right there on that same level because really, yeah, that's a really great comparison. I can't remember one side of the, of the ball improving as much as what we saw from that a state defense this year. Same thing. Rewind to everything we just said about the pitching staff. That improvement's true because it was historically bad early and make no bones about it. This defense was really bad. <laughs> Early in the year. Now, you can say that kind of with a chuckle because it did kind of flip over the course of the season that kind of by the end sort of being the, the stronger side of the ball almost. But the stuff you saw early, you and I have talked a lot. I don't know. I really could not tell you. And in fact, I would tell you I had not seen a 99-yard touchdown live. Sure as heck had never seen it in back-to-back games. This team 
you know, at one point, even probably two thirds into the season, I didn't go finish this up for the last month of the season. But at one point, the average touchdown length this defense gave up crept over 39 yards for the average touchdown. Yeah. And then it just, and then they kind of, you, you saw things starting to take root. To me, tail end, se- second quarter, South Al, through the rest of that game and kind of moving forward, you saw something click with that defense. We saw a significant improvement. It was fun to watch. And you know, one thing, even though it was extremely challenging in so many ways and having the losing streak that they did, this team never stopped fighting. The emotion that we saw after the win against ULM, and you were down on the field and you were talking with Coach Jones right after the game, you saw just how much that meant to them. Yeah. And Coach Jones has been around the block several times, and he's won a lot of football games. But you could tell that had a special impact on him. As that game ended, I, I saw Rob Harley, the defensive coordinator. I was standing there as he walked and put his headset back up in the, the cart thing where the headsets go. And as he turned around to go on the field to shake hands to celebrate, he's already got tears in his eyes. Butch Jones has been in and won a bunch of big games at a lot of big places, bowl games, conference titles, you bet, and the whole bit. Been a part of you know, national title runs at Alabama. As he walked down to do that post game, his eyes were red from winning a game in Monroe, Louisiana that got your team to 2-8 two two and eight. Eight at the time. It was not just your average win. And, you know, for me, this is how I was hoping this season would go from that point forward. I mean, obviously – Look, I was a little bit slow on the take to embrace the notion that that this was a re, it was a rebuild. It took me longer than maybe it took a lot of people to to kind of realize that's what's going on here. The disappointing thing is that I didn't think the team played very well against Texas State in the last game of the year, and I really thought that team would come out and play well against Texas State in the last game of the year. Had it done that, and heck, you still had a. a and unlikely, but you still had a kick in the air to try to win it. But if you'd have won that game, you could look back and say, if you divide that season in the quarters, the fourth quarter of it, you would have gone two and one with a one possession loss at Georgia State that just blew somebody out of the bowl game. Yeah. And that would have been the last quarter of the season. So you, you would have seen you kind of something to build on. And not that Texas State changes the fact that there were things to build on, but that'd have been a good narrative. And the thing we've talked about here, and you and I talked about. The night after the Texas State game, I had somebody ask me about if this team lost five one-possession games. And I was like, no, that, there's no way that's right. And we pull out the scores and look, and all of a sudden this team had ten losses, and five of them were by one possession. It, it sure didn't feel like that number of those games were that close to being you know, possible wins. They did end 2021 on a very positive note, and we talked about it in detail Last week on this very podcast with Coach Jones, when we talked in depth about the number one signing class in the Sunbelt Conference and, you know, what a way to end the year on. And that just kind of tells you about (laughs) the relationships that these coaches, this staff has built over the course of months and months and months. This isn't about 2-10. and This is about relationships and building this program up for the future. A 2-10 and team just signed the number one class in the league. 
that should tell you a lot about how hard this staff has worked to try to get this thing turned around. I went back the day we recorded this, earlier on this very day, I went back and listened to that entire podcast from last week with Butch Jones, the whole 45-minute interview. At one point, like my wife walks in the room and I'm listening to that, and she's like, weren't you there? Yeah, but I just want to go and hear it all again to hear kind of him take that deep dive on that class. And yeah, it's impressive. It's what they just did going to intent. And so, you know, there, there's reason to obviously the, the signs of life late in the season combined with the signing class let you know that things are headed the right direction. A lot of times you think about cleaning your bedroom, right? There's picking it up and there's cleaning it. And when you clean it, it gets dirtier before it gets better because you have to drag all the crap out from under the bed and all that stuff before you start putting things away. It's kind of what was going on. I think all the crap's been drug out from under the bed. And now the the process of cleaning up the program continues along here, and I'm excited to see what happens. couple of other significant things that happened this past year in A-State Athletics, and we'll, we'll wrap up with these two, but you, you can't look back at 2021 – and not talk about the departure of Terry Mahajer, who had a very significant impact on A-State athletics since he came in back in 2012. He goes to UCF, and then Tom Bowen comes in to take over as the director of athletics. Uh, another thing I'm going to remember as well is the Hall of Honor banquet. Mm-hmm. And, and I know you, just like me, you know, talk to all these athletes throughout the course of that particular week. But this year's class, I thought, I don't know if it was the most star-studded ever. It was certainly up there. And it was the youngest class ever. There's no doubt about that. Joe Slayton was in there from football, but Ryan Applin, Demario Davis, Todd Baumgartner, and Sharik and Elvis, all inducted into the Hall of Honor. And one thing that I'm going to remember about that is – These young adults who not that long ago were here as Arkansas State student athletes come back here and they talk about the impact that this university had on them. And you could just see the pride from each and every one of those people, Joe Slayton included, that particular week. If I'm Joe Slayton, now hopefully maybe he hears this podcast. And if he does, then I'm grabbing – my phone and I'm opening the group text that he uh, he undoubtedly has with all his teammates and remind them that hey I was a part of the youngest Hall of Honor class <laughs> in history out there. You can remind uh, Tim Allison that's of right. that. Tim, I, I, his reply is already typed up and ready to send. Yeah, but I was the homecoming game MVP. <laughs> That'll be a lot. <laughs> that's a great story too. You, you told. You told Allison that one time before a game. He had no idea. So he was the homecoming game MVP one year. Well, what happened? Yeah. So at the tailgate show that we do two hours before a broadcast, a football broadcast, it just on its own, like we're not even really planning it to. I just sort of evolved it one year out of looking for something to fill the last few minutes with asking a trivia question. So I guess one year we're, we must be home. It was homecoming. And you start looking through, there's all these things in the media guide. All these, basically every award an A-State football player has ever gotten in there. And there was a stretch of years where they gave an MVP of the homecoming game on both sides of the ball. They don't do this anymore. They do not. And so I got to look in the the 1980, you know, defensive MVP of the homecoming game was Tim Allison. 
So I made that the trivia question. He didn't know the answer. <laughs> so, so ever since, yeah, he's been the homecoming MVP. I can't not mention the honorary letterman represented in that class, too. Oh, yeah. And Gina Bowman. Mm-hmm. Um, Ron Carroll has his name on the, the sports medicine facility. You know, Bill Keaty's got his name on the home radio booth. If I had the money today, I'd just cut him a check and say, put Gina Bowman's name on the, in the press box. It needs to happen. Because she was the sports information she sure department. Was. Especially in, in the night of the, the uh, the night of the Hall of Honor banquet, she came on the air with me that day. I was doing the show at the stadium and you know, she talked about being really the only woman sports information person covering a division one football team. And and quite honestly, being in press boxes where people didn't want her. Stuff it's just nuts to think about. It was happening that she had to deal with on top of, you know, doing the work of who knows how many people for all those years. So just top to bottom and all the angles. And I know there's some recency bias because we're getting old enough now that people we covered are getting in the hall of honor. But yeah, this class will be you know one for the books. A lot of significant moments throughout the course of 2021. We look forward to many more of those in 2022. And we're going to take a quick break and be back to wrap things up with a look at the week ahead in A-State Athletics right after this. The Simmons Bank Card Alerts app lets you get more from your Simmons debit and credit cards. Set transaction alerts to be notified of certain card activity and choose how you receive each alert. You can suspend your card, set a spend limit, or decline specific transaction types. You can even manage multiple cards. If your debit card is lost or stolen or you're opening a new account, you can immediately get a new card just by visiting your nearby Simmons branch. Learn more at SimmonsBank.com forward slash debit card. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. Wrapping things up here on the Second to None podcast presented by... Simmons Bank. And of course, Christmas week was a little bit slow athletic wise, but right before the Christmas holiday, the A-State men wrapped up non-conference play with a win over Lyon College. You already mentioned the women went up to Edwardsville and had a win over Southern Illinois Edwardsville coming back from 15 down in the second half. But now they get ready to open up conference play. This week, the men with a couple of home games, they'll host Georgia State coming up on Thursday, 7 o'clock tip time for that one at First National Bank Arena, and then a New Year's Day contest against Georgia Southern, 4 o'clock, the tip time for that one, and then the women are opening up yeah. conference play as well. Two big ones uh, to start it for the men, because you just, you know, I think in this league, it's going to be paramount. You take care of your business at home. And then go swipe some you can on the road. Uh, I don't know that there's anybody just head and shoulders better than the rest. Really, I don't know if it's on the men's or women's side, either one. I know the Troy women are, are, are pretty good. But, you know, again, I I think, and if we, this plays itself out, I'll come back here at the end and if it's not right and say we missed it. But I, I, I think both of these teams can and will finish higher than – their spot in the order where I think the men were what sixth and the women were tenth. I mean, I've seen enough of that women's team when it plays right. I, I have a hard time believing there's nine better teams in the league than the women's team right now with the young talent they've got and some older players kind of stepping up and continuing to evolve. And then Morgan Wallace being just kind of a Swiss Army knife. And then you know this men's team too. I mean, if there are five teams. In the Sun Belt, better than this A-State men's team, then there are five pretty good teams in the Sun Belt. 
Yeah, we mentioned the men's start times. The women will play Thursday at 1 at Georgia Southern, and then they'll actually be the front end of a doubleheader coming up Saturday when they host Georgia State. Yeah, that's that, that scheduling doesn't make any sense. Yeah, used to. It was either a doubleheader with the same teams or we had the mirrored schedule where you were playing the same teams, the men and women were, but they were at different places. And now it's none of that. But yeah, I mean, this, the notion, just, I mean, that, that whole notion of, I don't care, men's, women's, who, what school we're talking about. This whole notion of being Thursday on the road and Saturday at home or vice versa, to me, it's hard to believe that's not avoidable where you got to go to Georgia on Thursday and then come home Saturday. Well, guess what? You you now basically have no home court advantage. There's a fighting chance the visiting team's going to beat you to Jonesboro. Yeah. And it's just, I don't get it. Well, that's what the women will be doing. Again, the men play at home on both of those days, Thursday and Saturday. And you're right. It, it's important for the A-State men to take care of business at home and you know, no bigger test than Georgia State right out of the gate. They've been at the top of the Sun Belt for a long time now. So uh, this is a good way to kind of gauge where mm-hmm. Coach Bellato and this team are at. I think they like where they're at through 12 games, sitting at 9-3. and three, But uh, should be a whole lot of fun coming up on Thursday night. Anything you need to get off your chest? There are some things. Well, all right, but yeah, we got through Christmas. But, uh, you didn't but, want to go on a rant well, right this. before Christmas. If you've ever said, or if you ever, in some kind of way, have lamented the fact that that Arkansas State doesn't sign enough local kids to suit you, then you should have your butt in the seats at First National Bank Arena, especially when this men's team plays. But there are three kids from Jonesboro on the team. Yeah, not so just for, from Arkansas, for, from for Jonesboro. all the crap yeah. you hear about signing local players, the attendance numbers don't match up to the fact that there's not just three local dudes on the roster that are token local dudes because they're local and they might give you a bump in ticket sales. There's three dudes that help this team. Two of them start, and Avery Feltz is a legit contributor to this basketball team. Now, in the end, I love that there's local talent on the team. But I don't care if the coaches sign local kids or not. If you win enough, I don't care if they're from Mars. But mm-hmm. here's the, there's a lot of people do a lot of belly aching from time to time that there's not enough local talent signed. Three local kids, Jonesboro kids, play day in and day out in this men's basketball team, and the attendance numbers don't bear that. It's from that standpoint, if you're in that crowd and you might be listening, and you're not in that crowd, but if you are, it's kind of time to put up or shut up. We'll see the students get back very soon, but fans in Northeast Arkansas, fans around the state have a chance to come to Jonesboro starting this week to watch this men's team in action. They're really fun to watch. It's conference play and there's a really good product on the floor. So you're right. They have every reason to come out and watch this team. And hopefully they start doing that. Hope so, because, yeah, I mean, they, they are they are fun to watch. I mean, you, any number of guys on this team, if you get them out on a break, look out. I mean, it, it's a highlight reel waiting to happen. And I guarantee you, you're not going to care that Norshad O'Meara is not from Jonesboro. <laughs> <laughs> He's a long way from Jonesboro, but, man, is he fun to watch. Like I saw Desi Seals out at a restaurant after the last game. And, you know, I said, man, that's, you know, good job today. Um, and I was talking about, 
you know, he, he went. He had a dunk on a break where he just kind of went. He went with a tomahawk. He Ooh. did. And then he had another one where in kind of in some traffic, he got a two handed dunk. And I said, you know, nice tomahawk today. He said, thanks. You mean the other one? I was going. I, I was trying. I was going for the three sixty, and I lost the handle on the way around. So his thought. His intention on the second dunk with people around was he was going 360. We got to get Mark Taylor on this from Sports Information. I don't know if there's a team in the country that has more dunks through 12 games than this team because, I mean, you're going to see a whole bunch of them every single time out. I'd be willing to bet there's, I don't know if there's a team with another team with multiple windmills in the same game. <laughs> We've seen that. We this have year. seen that. It, it really, uh, but it, they, there is no shortage of highlights. Well, we hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas. We wish you a Happy New Year, and we can't wait to see you right back here in 2022. You've been listening to the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank.